0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Book Music. I am Tosh.
1: And I'm Jim Lee.
0: And each episode of Book Music, we focus on one book about music. It could be a book about music history. It could be a memoir from a musician or a music figure. Or it can even be a fictional character in a novel who happens to be a musician or a composer of some sort. But nevertheless, each episode of Book Music focuses on one book regarding music. And today, Kinley, (laughs) we have, I usually say we have special guests, but we truly have a special, special guest. (laughs) (laughs) The special guest is laughing right now, but but so special that I actually, I'm going to read a proper introduction because I feel he's too important because you know, I'm so casual. I wanted to do something more, you know, proper. Oh, great! So, our guest today—you have to hold the applause and please remain seated till I finish my introduction, everyone.
1: I'm on the edge of my seat.
0: Jack Scali is a writer, musician in Los Angeles. His poetry and that of others associated with Beyond Baroque Literary Arts Center is a focus of Beyond Baroque. Uh, art installation by Sabrina Tarasoff at the Huntington Museum's Made in LA 2020, which is still up The show. Jack's books include Monsters from Fear of Kathy Acker and More Fear of Kathy Acker. And he also has a band called Lawndale, which I want to talk about. And I, I think there might be a new album coming out this year or next year. We'll have to talk to him about that. But we're here purposely because we are book music, although we can talk about other subject matters as well. But we're going to talk about his new book, which is Dennis Wilson and Charles Manson. Welcome, Jack.
2: Thank you very much, Tosh and Kimley. That was very dramatic.
1: <laughs>
0: I've been trying to bring more of an Orson Welles vibe to the show. <laughs>
2: Perfect.
0: I thought I was being too casual. I thought I was being too, you know. <laughs> I wanted to be more professional. I like that. Um, usually, listeners ask me to be more professional, so it's sort of you know. Got it. I'm forced to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack, what started you to do this project, this Dennis Wilson and Charles Manson project? And first of all, I you know I always presume he knows who everybody is. Uh, Dennis Wilson is is the good-looking surfing guy in the Beach Boys. Uh, icon and Charles Manson uh, was a pop singer. Uh, did he do anything else? I can't remember.
1: <laughs>
0: He's the more obscure of the two, but, but... <laughs> so you in your book, your book you you combine the two, in a of course in a fascinating manner. Can you tell me, tell us what started this? What started this project of yours?
2: Yeah, let me. Thank you. Let me see if I can reconstruct it. I guess we should probably say, it. you know, it's a chapbook. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not long. It's just like kind of a few vignettes yes. about the, the how the, the lives of these two men intersect and other characters in their drama, the rest of the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and it's got amazing illustrations by this guy, Brian Walsby, who's incredible. Yes. So, but yeah, I don't know, you know, it's been kind of just germinating for years, actually, Tosh, this idea. I've been just, I been just obsessing about Dennis Wilson and Charlie Manson ever since I kind of understood the kind of secret bond history they had.
0: Yeah, they do have a bond, which is, what is their bond?
2: What, what is the bond? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, well, I mean, on a sort of, on a literal level, D- Dennis Wilson was kind of captured by Charlie Manson for a while. Charlie lived at his house yes uh in santa monica canyon for about six eight months right before the murders yeah uh included with including with his you know harem of girls the Manson manson family up to 20 girls lived in dennis's house
0: how so he, how could dennis say no to that
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big part of the book you know like he you know he's very much was seduced by manson and the girls
0: yeah Your book is like, so it's not a large book, but it's so rich. It's sort of, it's sort of like a minimalist read, but it's like has a maximum meaning and and textures to it. And um, have you always been a fan of the Beach Boys? Are you, are you like a Beach Boys lunatic?
2: I mean, I'm not a Beach Boys lunatic. Mm -hmm. And I'm, but you know, and then, but at the same, you know, I love the Beach Boys music and I love Brian Wilson's, you know, Mm-hmm. Where do you even begin or end with him? I wouldn't say I'm a fan. You know, It's like, um, well, of course I'm a fan, but but yes, the answer is yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you're in the band Lawndale. Did you grow up in Lawndale?
2: I did not grow up, grow up in Lawndale, California. I grew up in Torrance, California, which is... Oh, okay, next door to Lawndale, which, right, which, yeah. which is next door to Hawthorne. That's where I
1: wanted to get. Yeah. <laughs> so, you grew up in that milieu, so correct. Um, were the Beach Boys a big part of your childhood?
2: I mean, not yes and no. I mean, I, you know, it's um uh, my cousins lived in Hawthorne, my direct cousins, so they were literally neighbors. Uh-huh. The, the Beach Boys are were literally neighbors of of anybody who grew up in Southern California at that time. Right. So that kind of robs some of the mystique from them, maybe, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were just guys, just another beach-going guys, you know. Not that I knew them. I didn't know them personally. Mm -hmm. Although later, uh, at the end of the book, we get to the last days of Dennis Wilson's life, and he was hanging out this whole time in Venice, where I lived in Venice. Mm -hmm. So I literally know... Three people, separate people, who had auto accidents with Dennis Wilson. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> In
1: unison, say, wow.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just a horrible, you know, drunk loser. Yeah. He crashed 50, million, you know, 50 luxury yeah. automobiles, at uh, least. That's crazy.
1: Well, you know, for me, a big part of the intrigue about the Beach Boys is that tension that's between their lighthearted, fun-loving, you know, fun in the sun, surfing, SoCal vibe, but they have this dark, abusive family background and mm-hmm. mental health issues. And I feel like your book really sort of captured that tension, you know, between the light and the dark.
0: Yes, very yeah. much so.
2: Right. Well, thank you for saying it that way. I think it does You know, there's a very much of a dark side mm-hmm. to the Beach Boys, yeah. which is sort of represented by Manson. Mm -hmm. Just as there's a dark side to California.
0: Right. 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 There's a dark side to California.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because they're kind of all identified,
2: don't you think, in some ways? I mean... In so many ways. Yeah.
0: You know, I was raised with the Beach Boys because that's what was on the radio, you know, through my childhood. And, you know, I remember... I never really got... I mean, I I got the Brian Wilson as a genius part, and I realized a lot of people... Like especially in the late in the seventies, really got into the brilliance of Brian Wilson, right. which didn't happen in the sixties. And you know, I picked up on that, but I never really took them that seriously. And I remember I read a biography when I was working at Hunter Bookstore. I picked up a copy of a Beach Boys bio, I think called Heroes and Villains, right by Stephen Gaines. And I thought it was going to be a, a really interesting romp through California, you know, surf history, and you know, be Really pleasant read, mm-hmm. and I have truly never been more horrified by reading this. book. Yeah. I can. I mean, the Beach Boys are not noir; they are truly dark, evil stuff was
2: happening. I mean, that book's "Heroes and Villains: The True Story of the Beach Boys" by Stephen Gaines is really a great book. Yes, and, it's and just... the villains are not only Charlie, no, but also Murray, yes, the boy's I... father, who is a hideous. Person, yes, and even to some people, people would agree, Mike Love himself is a villain, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, well,
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, we can go there. there.
0: The only <laughs> one who's not a villain is uh Carl Wilson. <laughs> Say that again. Carl Wilson seems to be the most innocent one in the <laughs> Paul. In the Carl film.
2: Wilson is an angel, yes. Yeah.
0: And Bruce Johnson's sort of like ego to to Othello. He's there's something sneaky about him.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can make a play out of it too, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you did, John. You made the story. It's great.
2: <laughs>
0: but how did you when you were writing the book, did you think of it being in that format like a chapbook with illustrations, which by the way is great.
2: Uh, yeah, the illustrations are incredible. So I knew I had previously i had written this piece about Brian jones of the rolling stones right? uh. and i wrote that several years ago and i similarly sort of faustian like mm-hmm. you know tragic character yeah you know who died early it's really sad so i and i and then i've been nursing this idea about dennis wilson's shit i'm gonna do it like that one yeah but then as soon as i started writing the dennis wilson one i did i I couldn't make it straight narrative. Not that the that the, Brian, the Brian Jones one is more straight narrative than this one. Uh-huh. This one's got a mix up of verse, you know, um, there's a straight ahead, like formalistic verse, and then kind of freeform verse, and then just kind of imaginary dreamlike states. And mm-hmm. it's I just, I think a lot of writers are at this point, maybe you guys could chime in, where people are kind of tired of traditional narrative. I think right. that the people get impatient with narrative in, in literary fiction, they get impatient with straight up narrative
0: uh-huh.
2: and I do too. So I just, I just wanted to kind of mix things up, compress things and just kind of really play with the format.
0: Uh-huh. I, I personally, I'm not really big I'm not, a, not, I'm not really narrative driven. I'm more of a uh, character and location mm-hmm. and sort of the, what, whatever is happening around them, but I'm not really into the beginning the middle and the end. Or, right. Or, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean definitely like plot is the least interesting part of reading for me. I never remember the plot of anything. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah,
2: there you go. So I didn't yeah. want to make you know, I didn't want this to be anything like, you know, a bio type thing. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, I found it, it was really evocative and it's really kind of amazing. It's not a long book, but you really pack a lot in. I mean, you really capture the era. Uh-huh. Um, there's all these little, you know, pop cultural references, you know, I love when you have the lines from Gilligan's Island theme <laughs> song, which of course took me right back to my childhood, you uh-huh. know, um, you know, you have all these Beatle references, you know, which obviously is relates to Charlie Manson. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, I mean, I kind of wonder like, it's, it's not a long book and I'm like, I wonder how long it took him to write this. Cause it's so like, every word is so carefully chosen. Does it take you a long time to to write, like, do you sit and like really, or does it? Are you one of those people who can just do it quickly?
2: I mean, yes, I love that question. I, I wrote it over a period of about three to four months, mm. like from uh, December through March or something. December mm-hmm. through maybe about three months up to February, and then I hacked away at it forever. You know, finessed it. Sure. And stuff. But so it kind of came out in a rush, and it kind of. I had, you know, sketched it out a little bit, but then like, as soon as I started writing it, I knew I had to kind of mess, kind of, you know, fuck with the the format a bit. Yeah.
0: Right. As a Californian, um, how how do you feel about Charles Manson? The culture, like as a, as a mythology or as a as, as a fellow Californian, how do you how how do you feel about Dennis and Charles?
2: I mean, you. I mean, the California part of it kind of makes. First of all, I'm not one of those Manson heads. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm there's people either. that are just like weird Manson fans and just like really obstinate about getting all the details of Manson right too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole cult of Manson. What, whatever. I just, but and I maybe part of it is just again being a, a local. Yeah. It's almost like Manson was always kind of there. You know. Yes. Was, he, was, I mean. yeah, he was.
0: Yeah. He was literally there with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was did you very- ever meet him? Uh, no, but you know, I lived in Topanga Canyon. Okay, this is yeah. very strange. Like, you, sometimes, Jack, we talk about how things we have so many things in common, and this it's just one right. big chain.
1: Right.
0: Well, today is one of those days with you, right. uh, as it was last time. And uh, I lived. I was raised in Topanga Canyon in the '60s, and Manson was there. And the first killing, I think, was Gary Hinman. That's his right. Name, yeah. Was killed in Topanga Canyon, and you know, my dad. Didn't know Trolley, that he had seen him around. I mean, right. he, somebody was always in the corner of some party or something like that. Right. And he once picked him up hiking. Okay. Um, and and so there was that. And then, and then when, uh, then the with the Sharon Tate, um, murders mm-hmm. took place. I know so many people who was going to go to that house that night, to the party. Right. So it's almost like an urban legend. I mean, like some people say, "Oh, I was invited." You know, people of that generation. They said, right. "I was supposed to a go there by dent, or you know, I missed my ride." You know, whatever. That they're all going to go there, mm-hmm. and and yeah, it's a it's a very strange. Yeah, Manson has a huge presence in 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 a in, in my generation, in my life. And again, I'm not a Manson head either. In fact, Charles Manson's not that interesting to me as a yeah. human being. But what is interesting is people really feeding on that imagery you know of that yeah. of that time like a heart like a like a, it's like reliving a horror story a real horror story and, but,
2: yeah i guess that's part of it
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah i mean it's interesting because there's obviously been a lot of cult leaders who've done all these horrible things but he's one that seems to still really occupy the cultural zeitgeist i mean i'm sure the tarantino movie is kind of you know brought it back to the forefront but i mean he was mm-hmm. really still somebody that people were so fascinated. I mean, I think maybe part of it was that Manson did somehow ingratiate himself into the pop culture world, you know, and, right. and we all sort of wonder, like, how did this creepy little guy, you know, like why was he friends with Dennis Wilson, you know, and yeah. how did he have all these beautiful women, you know, <laughs> worshipping him? When he, he seems like when you see photos of him, he just seems so creepy, and you're wondering, like, why was anybody – following this man it's it's uh, perplexing to say the least
2: <laughs> yeah yeah there is a sort of a lot of just unexplainability about manson that you know it is, and it go the, the link the linking with the pop culture it just keeps reverberating right like you, you yeah. mentioned the tarantino movie it's it overlaps quite a bit with the whole dennis wilson story even though dennis wilson's not in there yeah uh, it's kind of like a mythologizing of dennis wilson's story and so not in any literal way right. but But yeah, it just keeps echoing this Manson thing, and and then the fact that the beach, both the Beach Boys and the Beatles' music has lasted, has endured. Yeah, this this great music means that kind of the Manson's weird, perverse connection to those things. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: I never thought about that. That's true.
0: And actually, the Beach Boys recorded a Manson song, right?
2: They did. They recorded a Manson song called. Cease to exist. Yes. This is famous Manson Lore. I'll probably get it wrong. Uh-huh. Cease to exist. What they, they renamed, which Dennis renamed, or whatever, the Beach Boys did record it. Yes. Dennis brought it in to this, you know, because Charlie had been living at Dennis's house. And that was kind of like the deal, sort of, was hey, Dennis, you're going to get, you know, the Beach, I'm going to, you're going to make me famous, you know, and here's more, some of my songs. And one <laughs> of them they chose, Dennis chose, it's called Cease to Exist, which they changed to Never near- Learn Not to Love, which is, you know, it's out there. You can listen to it now. It's like, it's kind of a weird song. <laughs>
0: I heard it 10 minutes ago.
2: Okay,
1: yeah. Oh, uh, where'd you find it? Like on YouTube? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And I <laughs> yeah. played
0: I played it against the Charles Manson original. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a very kind of, um, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, because Manson has he obviously has talent like music talent. i mean there's
1: original recordings of manson yes oh i didn't realize that wow
0: can they join the cult what are you i know i'm
1: not i'm not yeah i'm more i'm fascinated by the idea but yeah i'm not a manson head
0: come to the dark side. (laughs) get
1: closer
0: closer
2: closer. that's the line from the song exactly I actually use that in the book too. Yes, closer. you do. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I caught that right away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, when you get down to it, it's another guy who just want looking for showbiz connections and, you know, he just mm-hmm. attached himself like a leech to somebody famous. Right. You know, so hopefully that he'll get his way and become a star.
2: Right, that's interesting too. He's just another one of these kind of wannabe hangers-on mm-hmm. but he just happened to have been responsible for the deaths of many people. Yes. Right.
1: Now, what made you decide to turn this into a graphic novel? Why mm-hmm. did you decide to add illustrations? Was that always the plan or did you decide to do mm-hmm. that?
2: Yeah, no, I was, I, would, I was almost done writing you know, the chapbook when I stumbled upon this artist, Brian Walsby, on Instagram. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I mean, you should check it out. He's really good. Uh-huh. And he had actually, I saw the first thing I saw by him was the, an illustr He does these like comic book style, sort of, right? Right. And he had mocked up this comic book called Helter Skelter. Oh, you know, wow. Okay. And it's like shows Manson, a giant Manson dangling the five six beach boys in his fingers oh my Ooh, like wow. they're all small it's a great illustration <laughs> oh wow it's really good so i i immediately contacted brian wallsby and he immediately said yes i'll do it
0: great yeah
1: spirit now how much direction did you give him because like i love like there's uh, one part where you say uh, you're talking about Dennis getting his, his kid and he says he footballed Gage under his arm. I loved how you use football <laughs> as a verb. And then the illustration is so perfect. You know, yeah. that he's got he's got the kid under his arm like a football. <laughs> so I was wondering like, how much direction did you give the illustrator or did you just send him the book and
2: let him go wild? I, I sent him the book and then I gave him direction. I, I, uh-huh. I, I actually gave him a lot of direction. Oh, good. And I, I even sent him like, you know, lots of photos too.
1: okay. Mm-hmm.
2: like the picture. There's an image of um, Susan Atkins, who is sexy Sadie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, there's a, the first illustration after the yeah. cover. Right. She's just about to give Dennis Wilson a blowjob. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Charlie Manson's right there, too. So that picture of Susan Atkins is from a picture you can get online.
1: Uh-huh. So, oh, wow. but anyway
2: yeah and i told him let's you know definitely put the hawthorne high Actually, yeah that's great yeah you know he's wearing the hawthorne high school t-shirt uh-huh. and uh uh-huh. yeah, there's
1: stuff. tons of little like details it's really fun to kind of look at all the stuff like uh charlie manson's yeah. got the white album in his arm in one illustration and
2: mm-hmm. so that one was going to be first i said yeah, first it was going to be yeah let's have charlie manson standing at the tate house mm-hmm. in the backyard because the scene is kind of he had been uh, yelling at the property owner. Right. Uh, and actually he was actually there several months before the murders. The murder right. night. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I, then I realized no, he should be Jesus. So I found this kind of like image of Jesus, like a medieval woodcut type image of Jesus, and instead of the you know scripture, he's holding the white album. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was great.
0: <laughs> so you know the, the the legend is is that. Uh, Manson was after Terry Melcher, who uh, was, a, uh, was a remarkable record producer at that time, mm-hmm. actually, and uh, the son of Doris Day. And mm-hmm. uh, was there actually a deal that he made with Manson? Because uh, that, because that was that was Manson's purpose was to go after uh, Terry Melcher.
2: That's correct. I don't know the exact. There was supposed to be a record. Right. The way okay. I th- the way I kind of recall a lot of the articles I read about this and the book and stuff. Is you know they had gone they had, had several meetings, and you know Dennis was pushing for the Beach Boys to at least record a Manson song, if not sign Manson mm-hmm. to Brother Records, which is right. the name of their record album, uh, record label, and it just never got that far.
0: Right. Because if I realized he was crazy,
2: they realized he was <laughs> nuts. Yeah, finally, yeah, exactly. That was one. Because there was, I think there is a scene where, I mean, there is a, a tale about Manson threatening Milcher right. and Dennis. You know, so that it was not to be, not to right. be.
1: But you say he actually had a bit. At least a modicum of musical talent. I haven't heard any of his stuff.
2: Yeah, he
0: does. He can write a song. I mean, he, he's you know. Well, there's people who are huge fans of his music, so I, I don't really? want to. Ooh. I don't want. I don't want. No, don't. You should say. You should make judgment, Kimberly. <laughs> You should not, you shouldn't go. You, I mean, that, be open minded. Oh, yes,
1: I should. Be, I'm be, very judgmental.
0: Be, be very open minded. Uh, okay.
1: Well, what, that's you, why I'm asking.
0: Uh, what, what it is, he, he mentioned a lot of demos, uh, or me one time, you know, like two days he did demos. It's just him and his guitar and he's, him singing his songs. And uh-huh. um, how would I describe the music? The music is kind of. Um, I know it's hard to describe it because we know so much about him now. So that that course yeah
1: colors your yeah if I didn't yeah.
0: if I didn't know who he was and I listened to it, it would strike me as being sort of like psychedelic folk music in a way, like psych folk. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: and um, um, and also there is a darkness in the lyrics, and definitely you know I would not say it's like overly evil cause if you didn't know him, but it's there's yeah. definitely a, there's definitely a dark tinge to his bitterness of some sort or, or anger or some sort. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I don't own the recording, but I just heard it on YouTube. But, um, yeah, Are they it's,
1: available like, yeah. to purchase? You can purchase them or yes. just like people put them up to stream? Oh, you can actually buy them. Okay. Yeah. I like to have
0: been bootlegged. I mean, I don't think there's official trials. From... Well, he, Charles Manson may had officially released and um, I think during his trial, uh, the way he raised funds to pay for the, his uh, his uh, defense team was to uh, selling the album. Oh, wow. So, so th- those who purchased a record, I think some of the volunteers went to him. But this is before he was, you know, he was found guilty because after that you can't make money off yeah. that way. You man. can't. Make I can't money
1: find it, it at Amoeba Music. Uh, you, <laughs> after
0: you, maybe you can. I mean, uh, it, it was been bootlegged many times. It was called Lies. L I E S lies, lies mm-hmm. Charles Manson yeah, and it's like it's like Life magazine cover, It's the saying Life, same the same font right. and design said oh, yeah. lies, yeah. yeah you could you could easily get it one time and, and and probably you know again it's on the internet and
1: yeah
0: and it's yeah. not hard to find so mm-hmm. yeah it's right. been many times over.
1: I'm in a dark mood, I'll have to go check it out. <laughs>
0: yeah, when you're, like, into Bauhaus, forget Bauhaus, the Charles Manson. <laughs> forget the tear. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even Guns N' Roses did a recording of a Charles, the Charles Manson song.
1: Really? Oh. Yeah,
0: but they I think uh, they were forced to take it off the album. It was released, and I think Geffen um, forced them to remove hmm. that song. I have so much knowledge that's really... really... Yeah, yeah, I think
1: you, I think among the three of us, you seem to be the Manson expert.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's so a pay Canyon connection. There
1: you go. <laughs> Jack, I really liked in the book, you kind of changed the writing style throughout the book, which gives it a really nice energy. Like some of it sort of, uh, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it free verse or... Mm-hmm you know, some of its more narrative structure. And then I love at the end, you close it with a very structured poetic form, which is called a Villanelle. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That was a new form to me. What was your thought behind doing that? I mean, I thought it really worked beautifully.
2: Oh man, thank you, Kimberly. Well, first of all, I'll tell you about the Villanelle in a second, but like, yeah, someone else had pointed out about the, um, yeah, the different writing styles. And then my friend, Jerome Sala said, Hey Jack, I like how you compress narrative in bullet points. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of point, you know, parts where I just instead of like telling whatever happened, you know, in paragraph form, there's just like these really short bullet points. And he yeah. said, Jack, that's kind of like PowerPoint. <laughs> I, I told I told uh, Jerome, yeah, I think we should do like a PowerPoint poetry performance. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you can like you have a demonstration. But anyway, yeah, the villanelle at the end there—that's actually a, a part of a poem, a poem that I had written years ago. Oh. Beach Boys, there's like a ver, you know—a first version of this called Beach Boys Hydrology, mm-hmm. and then I just pulled out some of the lines. I tried to pull out, you know, kind of the the best lines or whatever, and then forced it into this villanelle format, which you know is a very very tight, complicated, you know, I bastardized the format. It's supposed to rhyme. Mm -hmm. This doesn't rhyme, Mm -hmm. but Villanelle format is when you repeat key key lines over and over, you know, interlocking manner, I think 19 total. Um, Some are repeated, some are not, Mm -hmm. but two key lines are repeated throughout the 19 lines. Right. So in this case, those lines are diving off a dock of darkened memories. And the other line is, he plunged into the drink and never surfaced.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love the end. Um, you really give it such a dreamy quality when he dies. <laughs> yes. um, mm. it's really a beautiful ending to the book. I think, even though it's tragic, it's it's got this beautiful element to it mm. as well. The,
0: the whole book is so poetic. I mean, it's so well written, and it's yeah, a, it really is. yeah, it's like you you use each word perfectly. Mm. Say that again,
2: Tosh. Also <laughs> in
0: slow motion. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's it's a it's, a, it's really a, a beauty. Especially you could easily read. I mean, I read it four times, and it's easily readable because it does. It is like it's like music to the ears. Oh man, say yeah. that again,
2: too. You didn't know
1: that. <laughs> no, but I point. like.
2: I, I'm really also appreciate what you said, Kim Lee, about kind of the the ending, you know, it ends with his death, Dennis mm-hmm. Wilson's tragic death. And it, it, the, the, there is a sort of, I tried to bring sort of a nobility to his death, yes. especially in comparison to the fact that he really was kind of a loser at that point. Yeah. Wow. You know, he was li- literally homeless. You know, no one would take him in. He was just completely drunk 24 hours a day. Right. He had, you know, torn through five different marriages. Mm-hmm. Fifty different luxury automobiles, like I said, mm-hmm. and had nowhere to go, and so he was just uh, like I wrote in the book: another Venice burnout. Yeah, it right. was 1983. But there is something about his—I'm totally projecting all this, you know—his yeah. mm-hmm. death, where you know he you know, he, reuni- you know, he has a sort of unification moment as he's dying with the women in his life, or a woman yeah. in his life, or yeah. all women. Mm-hmm. You know, and because uh, that was kind of part of what was driving his his horrible sort of uh, tragedy,
1: right? I mean, Dennis of all of the Beach Boys, he's the one who really epitomizes the fun-loving, you know, surfer guy, girl crazy party SoCal boy. Yeah. I mean, he's really like if that if you're going to think of who that is, that's him. You know,
2: yes. Um book, I, I, I wrote the I, Dennis was the Beach Boys. Brian was the beach boy's essence, but Dennis was the beach boy's image. Right.
0: And yeah. women love Dennis Wilson. Yeah. Well, like today, like <laughs> <Even> <laughs> after death, they, they, they totally like uh, fetishize yeah. him and adore him. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And he's kind of got that Jim Morrison thing going. You he know, he uh, does
0: have a Jim Morrison thing.
1: Yeah. But I
0: totally forgot he was in a movie with James Taylor. Um, yeah. It's Tulane.
2: Tulane Blacktop. That's
0: yeah. Interesting film. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know it's kind of interesting. You know what's Dennis Wilson? What's fascinating about him, among other things, you know, the Beach Boys world—it's such a tight world, like socially and the surf, California, the beach yeah. life, the image—and even Brian Wilson can't escape from that. Or nor, you know, whenever a Beach Boy does a solo album, yeah. it still reflects Beach Boy aesthetic. You know, the mm-hmm. beach. Yeah. That, you know, I listened to uh, Pacific Ocean Blue, which is Dennis me Wilson. Me too. <laughs> I just listened to that. The
1: podcast.
0: Dennis Wilson album, uh, the only album he made, and then demos came out later for a second album. Um, it struck me that I'm not listening to a Beach Boys record. I'm listening to a Dennis Wilson record. Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I don't I, I don't hear Brian Wilson. I don't hear beach culture. I hear Dennis Wilson culture.
2: It's different. It doesn't yeah. sound like you are right it it doesn't sound beach boysy
0: no not at all to me yeah and that's it. and then and and Dennis acting in that movie um two lane blacktop blacktop mm-hmm. Tulane, uh, yes mm-hmm. um, shows me that he had like a, a strong sense of identity where he went beyond you know the beach image or that sort of kitsch beach thing mhm um, and you know, he was a unique person and, and, and it must've been very strange for him to be part of the Beach Boys structure. You know, of course mm-hmm. he was abused by the father, right. um, Murray and uh, as well as Brian was, but um, I think Dennis was the one who sort of fought back all the time, was always the feisty one in the group.
2: He fought, he was the youngest of the three Wilson brothers. Yeah. Uh, according to some of the biographies, Murray Wilson, the dad was most abusive to Dennis. Yes. Um, but they all have a story to tell about their dad's abuse And you know what you said also Tasha, about kind of like the beach boy like the beach and surf music and surf in California kind of yeah. imprisoning the beach boys yes you know, it was something that Brian struggled with yes how did that image that image just still persists and it's actually a horrible image yes. you know. It, the, the republican rah-rah beach car you yeah. know i, mm-hmm. I really hate it actually
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: you know mm-hmm. uh, and i think brian really rebelled against that and went deep into the psychedelic side of himself yeah it's uh, partly yeah. Uh, i think as partly a response to that
1: mm, that's interesting yeah i wasn't like a huge beach boys fan as a kid and then in my teens i finally found pet sounds and then yeah. i was like oh this is amazing you know like everyone, that's my favorite.
2: Correct. It's Pet Sounds and then Smile, which came out as kind of the core of their catalog. And I don't mean to disparage the the hit. They're great. Are you kidding? Right, right. I wish I'd written Help Me, Rhonda. (laughs) Fuck. No kidding, yeah. i never heard Help
0: Me, Rhonda. Fuck. Is that a different version? Is that
1: a different version? I (laughs) I think you've got a new song there, Jack.
2: (laughs) Emily, you told me before we started recording I don't have to watch my language. No. No, no, no,
1: no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a show about rock and roll, so it'd be kind of hard. <laughs> no,
2: but I have, so let me just clarify though. I don't. In fact, my friend Dark Bob, he he's a great performer. Yes. artist. he's he loves the beach. You know, he's a musician as well too. Mm-hmm. He says those songs, you know, oh, I, I, every one of those great classic beach, they're like national parks. Yes, uh, that's they're, they're just monumental. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. But they are but they are misunderstood, and they're just... I remember when the last Trump election, right? Um, yeah. There was something in the LA Times, oh, the Beach Boys are going to play a uh, benefit concert for the Trump campaign. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. the freaking Beach Boys. It was goddamn Mike Love's yeah. shitty cover band. <laughs> and you should have seen the letters pour into the Times, you know, or whatever, on the Twitter or whatever, yeah. about that, because, you know, yeah. it's, again, it's just like that is just that there's the dark side of california for you yeah, geez yeah, yeah.
0: it's very interesting brian wilson actually and alan um Dredine, you know mm-hmm. the other beach boy made a press statement against
2: yes that's yeah. right yeah. well they had to sue each other over you know many times too
0: <laughs> yes they're very tragic you know yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's very sad. okay how messed up is this speaking of mike love yeah dennis wilson and Mike Love, they're cousins, first cousins. Right. Dennis marries Mike Love's daughter when she was a teenager. Right. They had a. They have a child. Yeah. Which is part of your the part of your narrative. Is that even legal? Is that? I mean, well,
2: they met, they met the way I understand it. Again, I'm not the scholar, but yes, he met Dennis Wilson. Met Mike Love's daughter. Um, Sean Marie Love, I think, is her name uh-huh. when she was 15. Uh huh. So, this was part of Dennis Wilson's ongoing just attempts to screw Mike Love because they all hated it. They didn't like him. No, yeah. they hated Mike Love. They hate love. So, they,
0: <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> but I don't think they got married till she was 18. Right. Okay. but then she had a child immediately or before maybe she tr- came of age. I don't right. know.
1: So technically there was probably statutory yeah. rape there, but <laughs> that, yeah. nobody, any, nobody ever.
2: But even just the it. fact that it was Mike Love, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, she was underage. Interesting
1: part. Yeah. 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 It was clearly had something to do with Mike Love. And, and In uh, fact,
2: I even also read a story. I didn't put this in the book, but mm-hmm. um, okay, i see if I can remember this. Mike uh, Dennis Wilson, also went out with Mike Love's wife. Whoa. Oh, boy. They were having a thing on the side, right? And oh, get boy. this, they would—they. Would, this was at a time when, uh let's see if I can get this right, she was responsible for the babysitting, right? Mike Love's wife, and so <laughs> they dropped her off, and they had Susan Atkins babysit their kid.
0: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> oh, creepy. You
2: know, the whole thing is like so weird.
1: <laughs> it is now, but this isn't the mother, he didn't date the mother of Sean. This is a separate, different wife, yeah. I, I, don't,
2: I don't know, <laughs> you yeah, see, I don't even know. Because
1: yeah. did he do mother daughter thing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I that would be interesting to no. know. Oh no. boy, also, one of his wives he married twice, yes, <laughs>
1: right, right, yeah. Oh god, he was pretty fucked up. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> move <laughs>
1: And what's amazing is you get all of this in your short book. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like all these details are there. It's really kind of I have to say I was so impressed with how H- you got so much in in yes. with so few words. I mean, um Powerpoint really poetry, baby. Yeah, PowerPoint can, can
0: poetry. ask you a question. One of the people you're bringing up is really quite interesting in a very strange way to me, because again, this is sort of things coming together. Um, talk about uh, the new owner of Dennis's old house that Dennis still oh, yeah. goes to, George Hormel Jr.
2: Right.
0: Who? Why did you put George Hormel the character in?
2: I mean, only because I chose that to be one of the five vignettes. So Uh at that time when that, that vignette is centered around Dennis abducting the little baby of Sean love, you know, and footballing him under his arm. Yes. um, With bottle, a bottle of pop off. Yes. (laughs) Now that, that happened the morning and the the night he finds himself back at the sunset Boulevard house where he originally lived with the 20 manson women in manson right so that was he's kind of like going back to this this happened right. he's kind of right. going back to the scene of the, some of the stuff i made up So so going back to this you know the source of kind of a lot of his psychic pain right right it's full circle so george homer
0: was was the uh the the owner of that of the, the the at that time he was the owner of that house
2: correct right? at that time he owned the house and the, he was buddies with, he just happened to be buddies with Dennis Wilson, who knew everybody he had, he owned a village recorders in Westwood.
0: Okay. Is this, this is sort of interesting. Um, yeah. this morning when I woke up, I read either the guardian or New York times and it was a big interview with Leslie Caron, the actress.
2: Uh-huh. Okay.
0: And it mentioned that her first husband was George Horrell. Oh. oh wow and i didn't I didn't think what is this could be possibly the same george Hormel that's in jack's book that's yes. so
2: weird you're right this keeps happening to you doesn't it
0: and it doesn't stop there jack
2: <laughs>
1: are you
0: sitting down jack
1: the hits just keep oh, on weird. coming
2: <laughs> okay i'm
1: ready
0: leslie Corone babysat me
1: oh wow
0: that explains quite a bit
1: <laughs>
0: and you'll hear another coincidence. And I think Lee and I share this, though we may have separate stories. But um, we both worked at Liquor's Pizza Record Store in West LA on Wilshire Boulevard. Oh. And Brian Wilson came in. Okay. And he came with one of his nurses. It was during his uh who was the psychologist who was looking over. Yeah, no, it wasn't
1: yeah, it was Landy. He came yeah, with Landy. Landy. Was yeah.
0: Landy there too? Or was Landy?
1: It was he was with Landy. I don't was he with anyone else? I
0: remember, I remember, like I, like younger, I, remember a, I remember a younger I remember I remember a young guy that was actually wearing like a white metal jacket with him. Oh
1: no, I don't remember hmm. that. And, I remember yeah, him being there with Landy. And
0: seeing Brian Wilson in front of me, you know, asking some question, I was like freaking out, because like I think this is the person who started the whole California myth. I remember California. you
1: freaking out. Tosh. I, was, I was trying to, you
0: know, I keep thinking, this is, you know, I said, I met icons before, but this person actually singly started Bikini yeah. Girls, Beaches, and Cars. <laughs> right, right, right. He right. did
1: it.
0: He did it. This, is, this person in front of me did that. Yeah. And then he quietly looked at me, and maybe or to Kimley, and he said, Do you have any um, beach boys?
1: He asked record. me, I remember, okay. I remember.
0: And I was like, die, like, oh my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> so it was a time when, when the Beach Boys had a, like, a Greatest Hits package that was really mm. super popular, I forgot what it's called. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was, he, he, he was asking for cassettes, so we had it.
1: Yeah, and, well, I remember I didn't recognize him, and he asked me if we yeah. had any Beach Boys, and I just, well, yeah, of course we do. You want me to show you?
0: <laughs> and I recognized him right away.
1: Yeah, you, know, you, I remember you were standing next to me, kind of like hyperventilating. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. And 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 and, and the, the nurse that was with him or Doctor Landry said, Brian, you don't need to buy this. Yeah. You can get <laughs> you can get to here. And Brian was like, and Brian wasn't taken. It was like like a child. Whose ice cream was taken out of his hands. Oh, you know, he right. was like totally like he was so childlike.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting.
0: But you no, know, it gets even more interesting, Jack.
2: Okay. I'll <laughs> stop now.
0: What happened is that day, I don't think Kimley remembers this, but I clearly remember. I think that was the day that Dennis Wilson died. What? Really? Yeah. Or the oh, next day is... Dennis, oh, or the or the next day that. Dennis Wilson died.
2: Okay. I don't that's remember crazy. that. Yeah. Well that, that would have crazy. been hmm.
0: Does, it, does that make sense? I know we're all quiet now because that, that just blows everybody's brain. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think, this is like in
0: 1983, right? Because that's when Dennis Wilson 83
2: is ju- I think it's the date's in my book. I think it's 23rd yeah. like yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, right, right. Hmm. I remember that's that amazing. date myself. That's amazing. You guys both worked at that. I have a record story, story for you. Record yeah, great. store story. But you guys both worked at that licorice, the one in... Um, on West Westwood LA. and Brentwood, kind uh, yeah, of. So a- it was
1: on Wilshire.
2: On Wilshire, I mean. Yeah, like yeah, a little bit. Wilshire West and Barrington. Of Barrington. And uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I went. I mean, I lived there. Oh wow! I was a teenager. I went to University High School. You know, I think I might have like shoplifted several LPs from when you worked there. So I'm gonna
1: chase you out the door. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I got busted one time even. Though.
1: Oh, wow. That's so funny. That's amazing. But
2: mm-hmm. It's funny that you have a tale from the record store of the Beach Boys because, okay, so um, Tosh, in my novel, Fear of Kathy Acker, mm-hmm. there's a scene in Tower Records Westward uh-huh. where I, or the character I, in, mm-hmm. uh, has an encounter with one of Dennis Wilson's wives. Oh. Who had just been, Dennis had just been in the store with Christine McVeigh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. uh-huh. And uh, they get in the, she gets very angry. Wow. Christine,
0: Christine McVie uh, no, the his...
2: wife Oh, the wife. Yes. The, person I, I telling the, story, like, the new girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, the person telling the story says, "Oh, no, um, uh, he, yeah, your husband was just in here with Christine McVeigh." Wow. And um, she, she didn't like that.
0: Now that's interesting stuff like Christine McVeigh. of case people I'm sure most people know that Chris McVeigh is a member of Fleetwood Mac, you know, the height of rumors and, and. Right.
2: Um, so the, yes. Yeah, sorry. I should say Dennis Wilson and Christine McVie had a very sort of torrid affair for a while. Yeah. It's a it's very, yeah, yeah
0: that a seems
1: couple. like an odd couple to me. I never yeah. would have put them together. That's yeah, even, sure.
0: even Fleetwood Mac had like this
2: weird like relationships. It's, right.
1: It's true. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of incestuous yeah. weirdness going on there too. Yeah.
2: You know, if someone dies, I'll write a book about that. God, you
0: must. <laughs> and Jack, I'm, I'm really, now that you confess about your crime, I hope you return those records back.
2: <laughs> I don't remember when I, Oh, I, yeah, it was like a pr- promotion day and they were handing out posters. Okay. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Well, we now you're got...
1: a musician as well, Jack. Tell us a little bit about Longdale.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, thank you. So, yes, Lawndale is band I've had for uh, many, many years. Um, we have two records, two albums on SST records kind of came out of, uh, from the first kind of explosion of the SST label, uh-huh. you know, it's same the label, 80s. the eighties, just the eighties with, you know, same label as Black Flag and Husker Du and Sonic right. Youth did several, you know, Bad Brains, so you know, the Minutemen, such great, and we got yeah. to play with all these guys, mm. but yeah, we've been playing off and on for years and years and we just did, We're just now finishing a new album. I'm really excited about it. Well, six song EP right now.
1: Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I heard a little snippet on your Instagram. It sounded fun. I put a little yeah
2: unmixed thing on there. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Wow, it sounds exciting. All right, well, we we hope you get to tour it. We get to see you in person. Something Something like dying for some live music.
2: I know, right? (laughs) We'll definitely play, because we do this thing and had been doing it right up until COVID called the Punk Rock Barbecue at Harvell's in Santa Monica. Did you ever work there? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Of
2: course. Oh, <laughs> well, at Harville's in Santa Monica, we would we do a show. Our drummer Dave Childs puts it on about every two three months. Oh, there are nice. free shows in the in the in the uh, back of Har- in Harvel's, and we have give out uh, uh, barbecue food. Wow. Yeah. So we'll do one of those. Several of those.
0: And it's open to the public. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah. So Jack, you've been like super busy. I mean, you've been like really. Doing a lot the last 12 months. You're sort of like, yeah, you've been working a lot.
2: I need a vacation. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've been very productive. I don't know why. It's just very, you know, I've been really uh, doing the, the music is back now and the writing, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing it for years and years, but it really kind of ramped up a lot over the last. A lot of it was inspired by that Beyond Baroque exhibit, you know, that the.
0: And we should talk about that. Yeah, that's I was just going to say,
1: why didn't you guys talk about
0: that? Yeah. Well, Jack, we're, we're, we should we should say what Beyond Baroque is because it's a totally different show with a different audience. We is have. this
1: how you two first met? Because you've both yes. known each other for quite some time. We right? have. Yeah.
0: We have. Um you so met Jack-
1: through Beyond Baroque?
0: Absolutely.
2: Okay. Yeah. So tell, tell our listeners
0: about Beyond Baroque. Well, Beyond Baroque is, is an li- amazing. It's place. a literary arts center in Venice, California on Lincoln Boulevard. And uh, they've been around since the late 60s. And um, it still exists very strongly. It's still happening. It's a nonprofit organization. And when I met Jack, he was doing... Jack, explain what you were doing at the end. I think
2: at that time, I was the Music and Performance Program Director or Coordinator.
0: Yes. And you were doing... You also ran the typesetting...
2: the typesetting operation was for the small presses many small presses have come out of beyond brook correct
1: right. and you were writing then too right you would do readings yes. and stuff as well because I, I watched the film uh, fear of poetry I you're right. Right, right doing some reading yeah
0: and this was at the height of beyond Brooks; like things were happening like galore i mean you know publications were coming out uh, i was doing the whole sort of punk rock thing was happening at the mm-hmm. same time and this sort of not the literary side of punk rock but the spirit of of doing stuff on your own and yeah. putting things out and and it was a very tight community
2: and that so it has persisted to this day like you said yeah that explosive growth of um uh, creativity and, and this is rippling through the ages almost like manson's murders yes, mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the point where then this amazing artist, Sabrina Tarasov, uh-huh. p- picked up on this scene and was friends with Dennis Cooper, who was the, you know, sort of the originator of the, the gang, he called it, Epi- uh-huh. Uh-huh. this group of writers and artists, etc. And she just totally seized on this concept of what was happening at that time and what it represents and what it represents now. You know what it what it says about creativity and sort of the dark side to creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, in lots of ways, she's really zooms in, really seizes on these things deeper than I even get at first time. Right. You know? mm-hmm. and she created a haunted house, a walk, literally a, a walk through haunted house at the Huntington Museum and Library, a, that is inspired by the Beyond Baroque scene. Of right. That time.
0: And Beyond Brook was haunted itself.
1: <laughs> Still I mean, is. It, <laughs>
2: you know, okay, so you've said that before, yeah. Tosh. Um, I, I I don't know if I've ever told you this that will blow your mind.
0: Okay, I'm sitting I, down. I'm sitting down. <laughs> i
2: actually witnessed two deaths at Beyond Brook. Oh.
0: Brooke. Whoa. Wow. You want to tell us about, it or are there, are there <laughs> issues? You
2: got to, no, you got to buy my next book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I actually, I had an office in the tower, literally in the tower of the yeah. of the old Venice City Hall and Venice Boulevard. The two desks were one day. I was just sitting there, and I heard a a, a screech, Arr! and a oh convertible God. crashed into a palm tree. Oh my! And you know they had to get the jaws of death, and that guy was a goner and then another day i just was sitting in my office there again up in the tower and i heard a kind of a popping sound oh, and oh. i walked around to the back looked out the window and between beyond baroque there's a lawn there and then there's the fire station yeah Venice boulevard yeah you know it yeah. and a man that just you know pulled out a pistol and just killed himself right there in front oh, of my suicide and, oh, and that po- so the, the ripples go so that poem actually inspired Kim Rosenfield, who was a poet, member mm. of the gang at that time, uh-huh. to write a poem about it. Mm. And then that poem is referenced in that, uh, uh, we're getting very nostalgic here, in that <laughs> Fear of Poetry video that you mentioned, Kim Lee, uh-huh. that the Hammer Museum put out. And Bob Flanagan mentions that poem about death, mm. the death at Beyond Baroque. Right. Uh... And Bob Flanagan was all, you know, mentioned a lot of things about death, but that was yes. one of the, you know. So this is a,
0: so the, the key members and there were more, there was there was Jack, there was Dennis Cooper, uh Bob Flanagan, Cherry mm-hmm. Rose, mm-hmm. David Trinidad,
2: yeah,
0: uh Ed Smith, the late yeah. Ed Smith, yeah. uh, Benjamin Weissman, uh yeah. Amy Gersler,
2: yeah,
0: um, and others. Those were, those <laughs> were like the OGs, you
2: know. Uh, there, was, there were several others, yeah.
0: I mean, it's all from memory. I don't have my
2: notes in front of me.
1: Do you still go to beyond Broke, jack do you still yeah go? sure yeah the yeah. programming is excellent yeah no i was there not long before the pandemic because tosh was doing something there
2: yeah, yeah i
0: did a reading event yeah. There. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah and they have a very good literary bookstore and library there so. yes.
1: yeah yeah they still have the store which is great yeah
0: and i was the director and curator at beyond bro right. for at least three years
2: and then you wanted to kill yourself
0: uh, I want to kill everybody. I was like the, <laughs> the spirit of Charles Manson. Came in I was going to say me. we're
1: bringing it all back again to Charlie.
0: <laughs> I hung out with Jack so I can be in his magazine. And it didn't happen. But... <laughs> oh, God. I was so pissed off at all you guys.
2: Oh, <laughs> the magazine was gone by then. I just want one lousy poem by me and one magazine. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, I'll start it up again. You can be. Matt, <laughs> nah, let's
0: forget it. Let <laughs> bygones. I mean, you have to, you know. You, you done, had
2: your own
1: magazine, Tosh. You had issue
0: issue. Well, that's why I think I met Jack. I think uh jack helped us uh put issue together or not put together but like help us how to actually do it i mean uh, okay that's my memory of it at least
1: because i do remember i remember helping you with issue i remember uh, doing the pay stuff yeah i remember doing the pay stuff with you and
2: um uh, Uh, todd Todd barron yeah yeah uh,
1: nobody does stuff like that anymore well i guess they do but it's all online now you know it's uh
2: there's a lot of online stuff now. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah. I mean that makes sense. You know, it's mm-hmm. the printing is is the part that makes it the most uh the
2: difficult. Printing, I agree. I mean the, the online stuff is great. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm now I w i am now I read all these kind of flash fiction mm-hmm. um webs, you know, X ray and um oh, what are these there's a one fugitives and futurists that I really mm-hmm. like. There's several of them. Um and they're great because you can like get a poem on there or a story or whatever, and then they'll you'll go out through Twitter and Instagram and stuff. It kind of gets out way better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then a lot of these places like Clash Books and uh, you know, these sort of edgy underground publishers, mm-hmm. um, Expat does really good stuff. You know, they're kind of like better than some of the traditional publishers these days.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's sort of, the traditional publishers almost, uh, well, they're not gone, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're not as essentially important as they were in the past.
2: Yeah. But people still love to have printed books, you know. They just, Absolutely. They them. I do, yeah. yeah I'm I still, one of them.
1: Prefer, a, I still yeah. prefer reading a book. Because the screen, it just hurts my eyes after a while.
2: Think, yeah. So.
0: Well, it's a different medium too, you know, that like yeah. I mentioned before about, you know, a book is a book. It's a book is not a blog. Blog is a blog, you know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. a separate thing. Yep. When I write a blog, I never think of it as a book or you know when I when I make it into a book if I do it, I think of it as a you know, it turning into a different medium, like which is, you know, a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: There's something more um It seems more ephemeral when you're reading it on the screen. You know, it's like it feels like it could easily disappear. It's easy to get distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you have an actual tangible book in your hands, Mm -hmm. that just there's some kind of permanence to that. Yeah.
0: Well, Jack, we both enjoyed and loved your book very much.
1: Yes, and we highly recommend it. Um, Why don't you tell people where they can get it? This is an independent uh, project, correct?
2: That's great. Okay. So the name of the book is Dennis Wilson and Charlie Manson mm-hmm. by Jack Skelly illustrations, Brian, Brian Walsby. The name of the press is Fred and Barney press. That's my press.
0: Yes. You okay. know, so
2: that's, that's my imprint. Uh-huh. Um, if, um, you can, but it is available. Um, the digital version of it is available on book, baby, Amazon, really all the electronic platforms. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you can get the, <laughs> the printed book only through me.
1: Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. If you give us the link, we'll put it up with uh, the show information.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, you could, let's see. So probably the can, best way would be to go to my Instagram, okay. which is Helter Skelly. Ooh, yeah, Helter.
1: It <laughs> all ties in. Clearly you've I mean, got this uh, long-term fascination. <laughs> I, mean,
2: I know, isn't it? I've been Helter Skelly for 10 years. More. I mean. Well, it's Charles Manson,
0: Dennis Wilson, Brian right. Wilson, Leslie Crone, <laughs> Steve Gaines. Yeah. We 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 really covered the waterfront. The beachfront. <laughs> the beachfront.
1: Beach exactly. Yeah.
0: So kimmy what's our next? What's our next show?
1: All right. Next uh, show, we're going to be discussing excavate the wonderful and frightening world of the fall, edited ooh. by Tessa Norton and Bob Stanley and uh everybody can uh, follow us on facebook and instagram and twitter for all the latest news we've got playlists for all of our episodes on spotify and apple music and you can find links to everything on our website at bookmusic.com b-o-o-k-m-u-s-i-k.com so thank you everyone for listening thank you so much jack it's been so much fun having you on the show yeah it was great fun jack thank
0: you yeah it was a blast Oh, Thank great. You. And uh, for the rest of the world, I will see you in your dreams. <laughs>
1: oh, no. <laughs>